Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Stay tuned. On today's podcast, my guest is Linda Stacy, CFE. Linda is a certified fraud examiner, and she was my guest blogger this week on the blog, SMB's Why You Need a Certified Fraud Examiner and a Fraud Risk Management Program that was published on Thursday, January 10th, 2019 at DebraRRichardson.com. She is here today to go into more detail on the Fraud Risk Management Program, which includes the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, ACFE, their fraud risk assessment, and the fraud risk prevention checkup. At the end of the interview, there'll be a special discount, and I'll also tell you how you can be in a contest to win a free Putting the AP in Happy coffee mug. Welcome, Linda Stacy, to the Putting the AP in Happy podcast. Good morning. Good morning. So can you start us off with telling the listeners about your background? Uh, sure. Well, I've been in accounting for uh, over 20 years, um, mostly general ledger accounting. Got experience in AP and AR and billing and um, just the full, the full spectrum of accounting services. I was interested in pursuing my certified fraud examiner designation when I was going after my master's degree in accounting. I took a forensic accounting class and it was so interesting. It was the most interesting class I took while earning my master's. And I decided then that I wanted to pursue that. I got into the program. Got it. So you learned you were interested in because of a forensic accounting course that you took. And how did you learn about the CFE? And I believe it's the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners. How did you learn about them? Well, I probably just Googled fraud examination or fraud examiners or something, and it led me to the website. And I I did some reading about it. And wow, there is a group of people who actually specialize in fraud examination. and um, fraud risk. So I just went from there. Great. You sound like I did when I found out that there was actually two or actually now three organizations that have AP certifications. And for all you listeners, I'll put link uh, links to those uh, organizations into the podcast where um, I think it was podcast one, actually, where I talked about those AP certifications. Yeah, but Linda, you sound just like I was and probably lots of folks when we found out there's actually a group of people and a designation for doing what we love. That's right. That's right. They share our passion. That's good. (laughs) So can you um, talk about specifically what is a certified fraud examiner or a CFE? What do they do? Sure. Uh, Well, a CFE is basically an expert in fraud prevention and detecting fraud and deterring it, how to avoid that. It's 
It's an expert on recognizing the risks an organization have for losses due to fraud and what to do about it. What are they? How can we avoid it? How can we prevent it? And what to do if we see these these signs happening? You know, how do we uh, pursue that and prosecute? Got it. So, so that sounds like the NIST cybersecurity framework of identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover. I know you specialize in small to medium-sized businesses. So how, how can a CFE help with fraud in small to medium-sized businesses? You bet. Well, I, small businesses are just as vulnerable to fraud risk as large businesses, right? But for a small business owner, you know, their time is obviously very valuable. They're busy running their job and they're very good at running their job. but they may not have this special training that a CFE has in recognizing these red flags, these um, possible warning signs that, okay, here's an area you could be losing money because there's a risk of fraud. A CFE has that training. And while a small business owner is running their job, having a CFE on board can add an extra a special perspective, if you will, a special set of eyes, a special lens through which we can look at your accounting process and see what needs to be tightened up as far as your your security. Yeah, and we know that the ACFE has a uh, report to the nations that is, it's an annual report, and 2018's has an infographic, actually each year has an infographic for small business, and it is just astounding of the metrics and how much per fraud incident a small business can lose. And I'll actually, um, I think I have included that in the show notes in one of my previous podcasts. So I'll bring that out for 2018. It's got some great statistics on small to medium-sized businesses. And yeah, and I know there have been examples of small business fraud, small to medium-sized business fraud out there. And one of the things is that we never think about governments as being small to medium-sized businesses, but it it really it really depends on you know how many employees do you have. Some governments are very small, and they have um, they don't have enough team members right to have that segregation of duties. And so we get those examples of small business um, what can be considered small business fraud within the government. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh. If you have not seen this documentary, it's a 2017 documentary called All the Queen's Horses, and it's the story of a small town called Dixon, Illinois, and how that the comptroller of the town, little bitty town, was able to funnel revenues from the city into her own private, her own personal bank accounts in order to fund her hobby of raising horses and showing horses. And this is not small time. This is millions, $53 million is what she, she siphoned off of the town. And it was because, well, for a lot of reasons, but um, it was a very small office. She was the comptroller and the people under her respected her authority. She had been there for years and years and years. Um, This fraud 
expanded or took place over a period of 20 years. So this, this is long-term and no one really questioned her because she was very trusted. She knew what she was doing. She knew the town and how things worked. She had personal relationships with the bank, the the people at the bank and, and all the people in the city and the people who should have been the, the bird dogs who should have been watching what she was doing and questioning how she did those things. Um, right. A great story. Fascinating. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny too, because I had actually, it, it's on, it's it, as of today's podcast, it's still on Netflix and I had seen it pop up, you know, in my feed and I thought, Oh, I don't want to watch that. I don't know what that is until you said something about it. And I thought that's what that is. And I went back and it was an excellent documentary. Um, it was, it was, I think it was uh, 70 minutes. So it's an hour and 10 minutes, not too long. And it was very, very interesting. And you're right. There were no internal controls and had they had someone in like a CFE to come in and do an assessment on their internal controls and their practices that could have been avoided. So can, can you talk about, you know, what does happen during a fraud risk assessment, which um, is conducted by a certified fraud examiner, a CFE? So when a, when a client uh, contacts me and who is interested in Um, taking a real look at their fraud risk and what to do to contain that fraud risk um, or deter it. I would take them through this fraud assessment tool, and it's just a series of questions. And in this tool, there would be 15 different areas or 15 modules that we would talk about. And there would be a series of questions to gauge where the organization is in terms of the internal controls it already has in those particular areas. And uh, it would ask questions to find out where those where weaknesses are in those particular areas. And it breaks down the focus on most of the processes that you would have as a small business person. It would ask a series of questions about who are your employees, for instance, and the environment of your business. It would ask questions about key employees in your business. Um, Who are the trusted people? About the physical controls at your office. Are things locked up? You know, does everyone have access to checks, etc.? Um, it talks about different fraud schemes. So it talks about payroll. For instance, if you've got a business, you probably have employees and payroll. What are those controls? What does your payroll process look like? Where are you in terms of preventative measures to contain or deflect fraud risk? Some other modules that we would talk about are expenses, like uh, controls of credit cards in your business. We talk about cash register processes. Um, What kind of internal controls do you have in that particular area? If you don't have a cash register, well, how about um, check tampering? You know, is there a way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is there a way? What precautionary steps have you taken to prevent check tampering or at least to detect check tampering so that you can shut it down and you won't have losses? Also, there are certain questions um, where corruption might be an issue. Okay, so great. So they have this fraud assessment. About how long does that take and how often should that be done? Well, um, 
how often it should be done, I, I would suggest if you really, really want to be um, vigilant in your organization, I would say an annual review of where you are with your internal controls would be a very healthy thing for your, for your business. Okay. Uh, and as far as the length of time, uh, it depends on the size of your organization and the nature of your organization. A small company of 10 individuals, you know, would take maybe 10 hours perhaps of, of going through the process. But if you've got a larger organization with 10 individuals in your accounting department alone, it's going to take a lot more. All right. So this fraud risk assessment, it's a tool that has 15 modules. Uh, once you walk your client through the fraud risk assessment, what are the results? What do they get from that? Well, I'm able to see which areas they're very strong in their internal controls and which areas need improvement. And so from that information, I find their areas of improvement and I can list those for them and then offer recommendations to tightening up the internal controls in those areas of weakness. And they don't have to even be large things. They could be very small things, but sometimes all you need is a very small adjustment to how you do things that would really take away any opportunities for people to be fraudulent. Got it. And so I know on my site, DeborahRRichardson.com, I focus on the vendor master file and how to protect it from fraud. But this fraud and risk assessment tool with these 15 modules, that's end to end, correct? That's right. That's right. It's a lot of different areas. Okay, so it's broader than, than the vendor master file and fraud risks associated with adding vendors or changing vendor existing vendor data. Absolutely. It's it's talking about the whole environment of an organization and how that environment affects whether you're vulnerable to risk or not. And and that means, for example, it takes into consideration who's who's working for you. Do you have a trusted employee that has been with you for years and years and you know nobody questions what they do or how they do it they just put all their trust in that individual well if that's how it is and i'm not knocking trust i mean when you're a small business owner you have to trust your people but if the process is not questioned or if there's not a way for the business owner to monitor what that person does then that's a weakness and i would be able to offer solutions to um, keep an eye on that individual a little better without you know, losing total trust. And going back to uh, all the Queen's horses, that's exactly what happened as we saw in that documentary. That's right. That's exactly right. That particular documentary was about municipal fraud, that little town fraud. But the, the lessons from that story are very transferable to small business owners, like lack of internal controls. Um, this is an example of not separating duties. For example, if you've got the same employee who cuts the checks, signs the checks, and does the bank reconciliation, 
if that person does all three of those things, then how would a business owner be able to recognize when they're cutting a fraudulent check, when they're cutting a check for that person's personal expenses? Um, there's got to be a step in that process for the business owner to really see what's going on. And that's what a CFE helps a small business owner do. And another example of that within accounts payable is where you have the same person create the vendor, post the invoice, and also generate the payment. Again, you need some internal controls to make sure that you have the appropriate segregation of duties. Okay. That's right. Mm -hmm. So now they have their fraud risk assessment completed. You've identified um, inherent risk, residual risk. Now what? What does the small business do? What's the next step? I would give the client a, a report, a specific report with specific recommendations addressing each areas where they're a little weak. And then after that, I would like to schedule a time um, at the client's convenience within 90 days of that report to kind of go over, kind of go over their progress, see how they've done with implementing the ideas that I've given them um, to see where they are as far as changing the risk environment and improving their internal controls. And that could be a sit-down meeting where we kind of talk about the recommendations and, and what they're doing. If they need help implementing, that would be a time to address those issues and see um, how I can help them achieve their goals. So you have them covered, right? It sounds like annually they will do the fraud risk assessment, right? Because last year some things may have changed since the last time it was done. So Absolutely. annually they do this fraud risk assessment. And then 90 days after that fraud risk assessment with your recommendations are implemented, then you come back and you will do the fraud prevention checkup, which will just talk about how they did, what else needs to be done, how is it going, where can you help, that type of thing. Sure, and answer any questions that they've had because at this point, they've really taken a, a different look to their operations that maybe they weren't taking before. Maybe they've got more questions and more, more concerns that I can help them straighten out. So this sounds like a real partnership where year after year, you're assisting that small to medium-sized business owner with making sure that they are protecting themselves against fraud. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, running a small business is, is really, really hard. And according to the ACFE's 2018 report to the nations, they're saying that of the cases that they know of, it was an average of a 5% loss of annual revenue for these companies who were defrauded. 5% of their annual revenue. And as, as a small business owner, is 5% of your annual revenue an acceptable risk of doing business. Are you good with that? If not, there are ways that we can adjust your process to, to reduce that risk. Okay, and I know you also included that in the related blog post that was published on Thursday, January 10th. So if uh, listeners would like to go to that, I'm gonna go ahead and link it in the show notes, but that is at deborahrrichardson.com slash blog posts, and you can find that blog, SMDs, Why You Need a Certified Fraud Examiner or CFE and a fraud risk management program. So we've talked about that fraud risk management program, fraud mm -hmm. assessment tool annually, and then follow 
follow that up in 90 days with a fraud prevention checkup. That's right. And I don't want business owners to, to see dollar signs flashing in their eyes when I say they need a fraud risk management program because some of the changes are, are so small and they're, they're not expensive. It's just a different perspective and a different way of looking at your business and who is working for you and what they do. That's all it is. Yeah, and that's one thing, too, I'd, I'd like to stress is that a lot of the internal controls and best practices that even I give for protecting the vendor master file from fraud, it's not any additional uh, software mm -hmm. subscriptions to buy. No. It's no. processes to implement and training for your team. And so it's not, you know, as if, you know, you need an automated solution, you need a change in your processes. And it sounds like that's what the fraud risk assessment can give you or can give the small business, small to medium sized business owners as well. Exactly. I mean, the worst that could happen, the most invasive solution, I guess, might be how might be how you you need to change how you've always done it. You know that thing. Oh, we've always done it that way. Well, if changing how you've always done this particular thing needs to be adjusted so you're not as vulnerable as you were before, that might be the worst case scenario for your organization. That might be the most invasive thing you need to do. And yeah. it just doesn't have to cost money or, or be anything more than maybe we should try a different way. Yeah. And you know, you know, the weakest link in your security system is, is you or your employees. So getting, getting them trained and getting processes, internal controls and better processes and best practices implemented can make a lot of difference. I mean, nothing can 100% prevent fraud, no. but you can certainly reduce that, right? With, oh, with um, internal controls and best practices and just training your folks. Absolutely. And it could be even as simple as adjusting. It could be as simple as the owner adjusting his own attitude because tone from the top matters. If employees see that the owner or upper management doesn't really care about how they do whatever they do, then they're going to be careless and they're going to be tempted to do something they're not supposed to do, which creates a loss for that owner. So that that is risk of, of internal as well as external risk. So you don't you want to reduce that occupational fraud, and you also want to reduce um, fraud that's coming from um, cyber attackers either through, through phishing and email. Or sure. I learned a new term, vishing. That's phishing through voice. So fraudsters calling your employees on the phone. Okay. That's so any last thoughts, Linda, for our listeners? This isn't something just for big business. It's not something just for businesses with million dollar revenues. This is for mom and pop places too. Fraud risk is a business risk that you don't, you don't have to accept that as a cost of doing business. There are really easy ways to reduce that risk. You're in control. It's what do you want to do? I'm here to help. Thanks for the interview, Linda. It was great talking about certified fraud examiners and how they can help small to medium-sized businesses. And again, I will put the link to the 
blog post in the show notes. And also, if you'd like more information on the fraud risk assessment tool and the fraud prevention checkup, I will add links to those in the show notes as well. And then Linda, if someone wanted to get directly in touch with you, how would they do that? Well, they could email me at my email address. It's um, Linda, L-I-N-D-A, and the A-C-C-T, and T-A-X, like tax, at yahoo.com. And I'd be very happy to email with you and answer any questions you've got and see what I can do to help you. Okay. And there is a special going on. If you email Linda by January 31st, you will be given a code for 25% off the fraud risk assessment. Sounds like a deal. All right. Well, Linda, thank you again for being on the Putting the AP in Happy podcast. Thanks for having me, Deborah. All right. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Linda Stacy on the 13th episode of Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable team members are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Look forward to Linda's bi-monthly blog, so that's every other week, on DeborahRRichardson.com, where she will include content on mitigating fraud risk in your organization. Don't forget to check the show notes for links to the blog post, SMVs, why you need a certified fraud examiner and a fraud risk management program, along with the links to the three organizations that offer AP certifications, links to both the fraud risk assessment and the fraud prevention checkup services on DeborahRichardson.com, along with the ACFE's 2018 Report to the Nation Small Business Infographic. Remember, if you contact Linda by email at Linda, L-I-N-D-A-A-C-C-T-T-A-X at yahoo.com by January 31st, 2019, you will receive a discount code for 25% off the fraud risk assessment. Also through January 31st, 2019, if you subscribe to my email list for weekly vendor maintenance content and subscriber-only savings, you'll be entered into a Putting the AP in Happy contest for a coffee mug. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review on my podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Stay happy! Stay happy!